headset mic now, so I can't turn away to cough. But I am finally getting over this funk I've been in. Nick, yo, it's been a while since we've spoken. Um, I'm just realizing now. Um, like it's been a long time. It's sad. It's a long weekend. I'm gonna be coming down to Warwick probably like tomorrow night. Okay, I am like, I started a job today. I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. For Nico's over behind the Burger King needed a delivery driver. Oh, all right. So like, I went in and stood in the kitchen for an hour today, and they said, "All right, come back tomorrow, and we'll send you out." So just drive around all day. Yeah, all right. That sounds really wicked pissed. That's. <laughs> I mean, you are like halfway to being the opening chapter to um... Snow Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking trust me, I thought of that immediately. Oh, I didn't like that book that much. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's weird because, like, I don't know. I think that book was written before I thought it was written. I'm not sure how much of it is, like, playing off of shit that was happening, like, at the time and how much of it was, like, actually just supposed to be taken seriously. But, like, the main character's name is Hero Protagonist, so, yeah. like... <laughs> um. And he invented the internet, and it's the perfect swordsman. Yeah. Like, oh my god, what a fucking wank. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody oh. finally said it. <laughs> Bet you didn't know Jordan Morris was here today. Oh shit, this is the great switcheroo. <laughs> <sighs> now, alternatively, um, I mean, it's a way darker path, but you could have been the opening chapter to... Uh, the Diamond Age or uh, Young Girls Illustrated Primer, where like a dude gets a gun implanted in his head. Ooh, it, like pointed towards his brain or pointed towards other people, or are we uh, talking believe... on full-on golf kind of territory? Full-on golf. Full-on golf. What? Uh, hang on. I just got search for golf. Oh boy, where is it? I'm sorry. If you if you search for golf question mark, uh you find their their homepage which is hockey question mark. That's so the I guess one. they're working on a new game. That is definitely the one. But yeah, one of the things you do is like you pick a head for your avatar and one of them is just a gun. Oh. No, this is like I think it's like nanoscale. Um Aligned along the eyes, so you just look at somebody, and then you can pop them. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, that, that first chapter is similarly, like, world-setting. Like, it, it kind of sets the tone for at least that part of the world, where it's like, this dude's like some kind of fucking cyber thug. He's going to get a gun implanted in his head, and then he goes off and dies immediately. It leaves behind, like, these two kids, and they're just like, we don't know how to read, because we just press the button on the matter compiler, and it gives us what we need. Huh. That's like, um... Because they live in full-on nanotimes. Yeah, it's like, uh... The dark period, where, like, they figured out forever energy, but had not gone full-on Star Trek yet. Yeah. It's like... yeah, Yes, actually, it, it's very much like that. They got forever energy, but it didn't solve all crime forever immediately. Like, they live in the slums, so they have, like, slow drip access to the, you know nano, like, umbilical system that runs through the city. Ah, uh, files didn't get out to them yet. <laughs> um, but then there's, like, neo-Victorians living in Hong Kong and, like, weird people living in tubes un under the ocean that just fuck all the time. 
I mean, that sounds all right too. They fuck to transfer to transfer like decentralized computational nanomachines between them. I mean, isn't that <laughs> it, it's a weird book. I like it a lot. Yeah, that sounds all right. <sighs> I feel like there was something we were Right, it's the new job, pizza guy. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I haven't actually worked yet. I just stuck my hands in a yeah. sink, and they're like, yeah, you can come back. All right, yeah. That, that's pretty legit. Yeah. Um. Then I saw this video of a guy making, like, 12 ham and egg breakfast sammies at once, and I was just like, oh, now that's a job. Yeah, fucking breakfast sandwiches are the best, man. Yeah, like, but... Nah, you, you don't want to... You don't want to be serving customers you want to be on the road you want to be a wayward vagabond that's but you're like all you're doing is serving customers if you're on the road but yeah you are also like you're a rambling man yeah i mean you're driving you're driving pizzas around in like you know a 20 mile area or whatever but you're a rambling man yeah it's it's gonna make me sad because i'm going to like be memorize way more of the roads in warwick than i ever really wanted to mm. but yeah that's all right so what's up with you? I heard you have some sort of grievances, and actually, on that note, I'm going to go grab a beer. I meant to do that like three hours ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's Friday. I should have, like, picked up some beers on my way home. Yeah. Um, I'll be right back. Yeah, sure. Oh. I made a lot of pancakes tonight. Curtis was out, so I had to make pancakes tonight. Don't ask me why I needed to make pancakes for dinner, but I made a lot of pancakes tonight. Dining halls are weird. And that's just a little treat between me and you, listener. Nick doesn't need to know. What's that? About the pancakes. Oh, shit, pancakes. <laughs> yeah, tonight was weird. Like, this week's just been slow at work because, I guess, like, long weekend, so I don't know, people are already going home, but, like, tonight was just so dead, and I was making pancakes for some reason. Just some just, some late evening pancakes. Just out on the floor making pancakes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Man, fucker, <laughs> this isn't the grievance that I was going to get into, <laughs> but... No, nah, bring them on. That's working. what we're here for. Fucker working the lunch shift does not know how to clean a flat top. <laughs> or maybe he does and he just couldn't be arsed to. Like, I get in at, like, 3.30 when lunch service stops at 2 and the thing is still on and it's, like, yellow with grease. And I'm just like, why is this oh. happening? Who did this? This happened because somebody did this. Um, but it's fucking shiny now. It looks like... um. So a really cool trick is if you take a, a close-up shot of the bottom of, like, a cast iron pan or something, mm. such that uh, the entire field of view is is occluded uh, by the pan, it kind of looks like uh, a picture of, like, a moon or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I made that flat top look like a moon. Nice. Because it's round. Nice. A round flat top? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm just imagining, like, six of them, and you're just creating, like, this big... Like, it it looks like a drum circle until you realize that everybody's got, like, eggs and burgers and shit on them. I think it's called, like, uh... It's like, a Mongolian griddle. Oh, that sounds really good, too. Yeah, it's just a big old flat top. It's just a big old... It's, uh... It's gas-fired, you know? 
like like here here's what I'm gonna do a favor from me to you. Sure. Look up some uh look up a like Mongolian beef recipe. By the way, is mainly just like teriyaki sauce and brown sugar and maybe like three other brown sauces you find in the Asian aisle. Okay. Um, and then you 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 take that, you put some beef in there, you could either do like some some chopped cubes or for this you would do like some some shredded beef or just like a, a super thin slices. I don't I'm know. thinking like beat the shit out of a flank steak. Just beat the piss out of a flank steak. Okay. Well, see, <laughs> here's what you're going to do with it. You're going to use that meat to make a Philly cheese. <laughs> like you're just going to cover it in like manufactured cheese sauce and put it on a fantastic piece of delicious bread roll. <laughs> but with the uh, with all of the, you know, Chinese chilies and like ginger and garlic and shit. Yeah. And sugar and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That's probably really good. Actually, I got a uh, a wicked hankering the other day for. Um... Yeah, you're saying it too. Shit, <laughs> I got incepted. Um, for uh... you, I think you've been departed, but you know they're all Leo movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, not all inceptions are departings, but all departings are inceptions. Specifically, <laughs> departings are when you incept uh, a fucking Bostonian affect into somebody. Okay, codified. I like it. I like it. It's um, a theorem applied now. But yeah, I got a wicked hankering for some, uh, you know, like a pork bun or a pork dumpling or, you know, oh some kind God, of pork yeah. wrapped up in chewy dough. And I actually, I managed to resist going out and doing that. I was just like, Ryan, listen, I know you could do that right now, but you got, you got food in the house, you know, why don't you eat some of that food, save that money for later on. Uh, and then last night I made a very important purchase while I was lying in bed of a PSP battery and battery cover. <laughs> so you know what? If I had, if I had, you know, if I didn't, the, the money I saved there paid for that PSP battery cover. Yeah. Oh, Which, by know, the way. Like pork buns. Yeah, they're really good. I'll probably get some this weekend. Um, here's a little tip from me to you as well. So if you're like me, you have... A fat PSP 1000 series, which by this day and age is probably like 10 years old. When did that thing come out? I think more. No, I'm insane. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I started seeing those like a couple years into high school. Yeah, 2005. Yeah, okay. they're like 10 years old. So if you got like a 10-year-old battery and it's given up the ghost and it won't hold a charge, here's what you do. You just pop it out and you leave it out overnight. And then you put it back in. And it works. You just give it time to cool off. You didn't have to, like, yeah. uh, put a, a ring of salt around it or, or, like, leave it on top of a mushroom or something? No. Although I like I like those ideas. Like, you, you have to go out and, like, you know, douse for ley lines or, you know, find a, um, a what's it called? You know, like a thin place between worlds. What, what's, what's that called? A, um, a liminal space. Yeah. Um, and just leave it out there. No, you just gotta, you just gotta <laughs> let it be. I think it's something like if it, if it's uncharged and sitting in like something where it's, you know, part of a circuit, like it won't generate the proper voltage for the PSP to recognize it as its own battery. Yeah. Like, like so. there's something, I think there is something about, if you want to talk about how batteries work, you 
don't add Vinny Caravella because that was what we <laughs> were doing last week. But I think yeah. there's something like if a battery is part of a like complete circuit, whether or not there's like draw or charge or anything, like it's still it's still trying to do its thing. Yeah. So just like taking it out and letting it simmer will like let it. This is actually this is actually something I've been covering in in physics recently. Um, like depending on the mechanism, I don't know, but like every chemical battery theoretically has like a set internal resistance. Mm-hmm. So even if it's part of a circuit that like is otherwise not actively trying to draw charge, like it is generating some kind of current due to its own resistance. Which is weird. Batteries um, are weird, man. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's a little tip. Uh so yeah, um no, you brought up so before we before we started talking, uh I said that I had gripes, I had curiosities. Um would you like to hear about a gripe or a curiosity first? Uh you know what? Let's get the let's get the gripes out first cuz I also got one and then we'll take a break before we get into curiosities. All right, cool. Yeah. I like this new gripes and curiosities format. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like uh a... <laughs> it's Who Griped, starring, uh, I don't remember at all what their names are, it's okay, but they're not hosting at this week. That's a different podcast network. Gilbert Gripes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's hosting Gilbert Gripes? Yeah, that's a Hi, yes. I'm Gilbert Gripes. Um, so, Clifford uh, XCOM 2 is a video game. It is. Uh, in production by Firaxis and stuff. That was originally slated to come out, like, September, I think, or some shit. Shit. Um, but it's been pushed back to next year. So they've been having, like, you know, they, they've been really pumping up their uh, their hype campaign, you know? Like, putting out previews and videos and interviews with people, like, just constantly. And I've had to fucking tune out of that shit because, like, there's going to be nothing left in the game to discover by the time it comes out, like, another three months, four months from now, whenever that is. I think it's February next year. That's, um, uh, it's okay. By the time we hit January, you will be able to distract yourself with Metal Gear Online. That's true. Get a Crocodilio hat. They kind of already started, like, they started on this path that I think kind of made sense when the game was coming out this year, when they were, like, talking a little bit about, like, some of the enemy faction and stuff, where it's like, okay, yeah, so, like, we're we're playing with this concept where it's like, the invasion happened and XCOM lost, so now you're, like, playing underground against this, like, you know, the New World Order of, you know, alien collaborators in cahoots with the with the aliens working from the shadows and stuff. It's like, whoa, that's really interesting. And now that they've had to stretch out, like, their their PR cycle, like, another few months, they're just like, okay, here's here's an enemy, and here's what it does. Here's another enemy, and here's what it does, too. Here's, here's this new enemy that we came up with, and here's what it does. This is what this enemy from XCOM 1 looks like in XCOM 2 now, and this is what the new things it can do. And it's just like, guys, there's going to be nothing left to surprise anyone the way you keep going. Gotta leave some so mystique. Like, yeah. So, like, I've just had to kind of block them off. Um, which has been frustrating, because, like, I am excited for this game. I really am. Um, yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Um, and, like, I don't mind them, like, talking about, you know, uh, like, the character classes and stuff. 
Like, that's kind of actually one little mystery that they haven't gotten into. Like, there's five character classes in the new game, and the four they revealed are kind of remixes of existing ones. Like, instead of the assault, now there's, like, a kind of stealthy guy with a sword. And, like, instead of the support, there's, like, a support that can hack and has a little robot drone and stuff like that. But then there's, like, a fifth class that they haven't said anything about. And everyone's like, what if it's, like, you can, you can, like recruit aliens and they're the fifth class or it's like what if psionics are their own like distinct class now or it's like what if you can like you can take alien captives back like people that have been kidnapped by the aliens and like deprogram them but now they have like special alien abilities and stuff it's all very mysterious like strog what if the fifth class is strog what if the fifth class is strog yeah that's another thing some people have been like what if the fifth class is just like cyborgs like they said we won't have mech troopers like we did in XCOM 1, but they didn't say we wouldn't have mech troopers. You know, like, for as great as that thing is, that, that game seems like a really weird one for people to just have, like, insane, like, reading between every letter of press announcements kind of theories about. Well, I mean, they kind of, they, like, some of those, like, they, they had some slight, like, ARG stuff where, like, they set up a fake website for, like, the evil New World Order government, and then over the course of a week, it got, like, hacked, and there were, like, secret messages from XCOM hidden in it. That's cute. So, like, they've kind of set the tone of, like, you know, we're going to tell you some stuff, but, like, really examine it, you guys. And also, just, like, XCOM fans are XCOM fans. Um, By which I mean, I guess, to say... Uh, like, kind of complexity-obsessed? A little bit? Yeah, um, well, because, like, the, the standard way to play that game was to, like, add, like, three large-scale mods, and that's, like, the standard way. <laughs> These days, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a gripe I had. Just, like, leave some mystery, guys. But, like, I know, obviously, they probably had some kind of plan in mind that didn't involve having to, like, tease out more stuff for the game for another three or four months. So I'm sure they're in a bit of a fucking spot they don't want to be in either. Okay, but what if, just like the day of release, they just said, by the way, everything we've been teasing, made up. Yeah, that was fucking Advent propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're just like, no, there's a whole game here, as much as we've talked about, but it's different. Check it out. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I mean, yeah. that that's basically, like... Metal Gear 2, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's, it's funny, because I've been thinking about this, because I'm... So this might get back into to gripes, or just curiosities, or artifacts, or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, I've been thinking a lot about Super Mario World. Uh-huh. And just, like, I think part of what made that game work, and I don't know, like, if, if this is true, because I wasn't there at the time, like, fully cognizant of things, but just, like, there's so much in that game that isn't, like, made apparent and isn't at face value and probably was not talked about before release. Just, like, everything about, like, secret exits and Star Road and all of that stuff. And just, like, it's, like, that's, it's, like, when, um, uh, what was that 3DS? Link Between Worlds. Like, when that came out, the idea of just being like, no, it's like an open world. You can tackle things in any order you want, and that's really cool. But 
they also just told you where everything was and mm. like the difference between a really cool uh like secret mystery kind of thing and a and a boring checklist of tedium is knowing how much is left on it hmm yeah because it's like you know we we'll still sit here and like i don't have every mario secret exit memorized do you like who knows how many are left out there a no. wiki entry somewhere knows how many but actually i know that there is like a star underneath butter bridge but i specifically don't know how to get to that star underneath butter bridge yeah but like <laughs> but like you know just imagine like how many games which for some reason i'm thinking like cranked out like well intended but kind of cranked out first person shooters that are just like oh there were four more secret briefcases that you did not collect on this level and it's just like well Okay, I mean, it's like, also you need something kind of cool to come out of the other end of getting all of this stuff, or at least, like, getting bits of it, but it's just, I don't know, like, when you tell me there's something left, that doesn't leave me the space to, like, trick myself into thinking there's more. Which I will admit, like, part of that mystique is just, like, tricking yourself into thinking, like, the whole universe is in this game! Like, no, it's not, but... I, I think it's a combination of factors, like, like, for Super Mario World, like, when when I first played that game, and I'm sure when you first played that game, like I had less of a sense of like what was possible and what sort of things happened in video games, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, like uh, in terms of like PR and stuff, you know, like it it probably got. I'm saying you know a lot tonight. Just every time I say that, um, I don't know, hit me. I'll, I'll just go. Oh, I know. That's, uh, that's but, painful, right? Yes. Um, it, you know, it, oh, fuck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I juked myself. The mental juke. It didn't have, you know, like, a Twitter account associated with it or anything. Like, it probably got some fucking spots in Nintendo Power, and then it came out. Like, there wasn't the same uh, opportunity for, you know, fuck, uh, stuff to be... Signal to you, you like know? it's you sig- know, you it's know? signal to noise, because not only were there less outlets for for news about this stuff to to come out, and like less opportunities for articles, like yeah, there wasn't constant contact as our local mm. library hashtags it, but also just like not only is there constant contact these days, but everything has constant contact these days. So you just mm. gotta talk more than everyone who is talking constantly. Mm. So. You got to talk more and louder and just, I mean, it's so like, you know, name recognition still gets stuff. Like everyone knows about Tony Hawk five and how that was kind of a garbage. Cause like people remember Tony Hawk, but I've been thinking know. about, I've been thinking about, uh, loading up pro skater two and like looking at my created track, created courses and stuff. Oh, let's totally do that. Create skates. I, I I pulled off the shelf three and the copy of Underground I have for some reason. I don't remember Underground, really. I don't really remember anyone's past, like, two and three. Yeah. The, I'm pretty sure two is the one that had the uh, uh, Skater's Paradise at the end where you're just, like, on a fucking volcano island floating in space with Tron half-pipes all over the place. So that's and my favorite. Three was the one that had, like, that level on a yacht. Right? Like on a cruise ship? 
Uh, I'm just thinking of the one in Mario Kart. <laughs> Whoop. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty boy. sure it had like one on a cruise ship and then one in an airport that were pretty cool. I remember that airport And then one. two the was the room. one that had like that snowy level with the big tree. I think I that think. was three. That was three? I think that maybe, was three. Maybe I have a copy of three and not two. I'm not sure. You might have three. I remember two I made... had the, the school and the hangar where you like grind across the airplane and that makes the, the thing to the helipad blow open. Mm. Listen, let's just go and we'll play the demo for one for the Dreamcast over and over again. Oh, Christ. And then we'll play some Quake 3 Dreamcast. Aim with the face buttons. And we'll ne- No, man, I got my Dreamcast keyboard and mouse. Let's just fucking own some noobs over my 56K modem. And then we'll play some Fantasy Star card battle. Yo, no joke. Like, last week I was playing so much card fighters for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah? Yeah. I've never That's... played Card Fighter. What's it like? Like, I've seen art from it, but I don't actually know what it's about. Well, the the art is probably the best part of it. Um, it follows in the great tradition of handheld, portable console, digital TCG games, like Pokemon the card game and the Yu-Gi-Oh card Christ. games, which I hear those are pretty good. Like, there's a couple of those for, like, Game Boy Color and maybe Game Boy Advance, and they're all, like, pretty good. Um, it's really weird because it's, cards have, like, what is it, two stats and maybe an ability. Okay. Because the stat is just battle points, which is, like, HP and attack power at the same time, and it's persistent. So, like, if a two and a three go against each other, the two dies and the three becomes a one into the future. Oh, so when you get hurt, it also limits your offensive power. Yes. So uh, it's the opposite of Action Quake. But it's also weird because the other stat cards have is SP, which is what allows you to play like action cards. So just putting somebody on the field like is like like playing someone to the field is basically how you get mana, you know, okay. mana equivalent. But also you can only have three people at most at a time. Weird. So it becomes this like trying to keep a careful balance of like playing dudes to the field to build up your power and to keep up a defense because it's also that like you know uh, MTG thing where it's you win by depleting the player's life not any of their like unit cards mm-hmm. um, so you want to like constantly have people up and not you know tapped from attacking in order to block but you want to be able to block more than one attack but you want so then the other mechanic is the main thing you want SP for is to do union attacks where you make um, two or all three cards attack together. And the reason you would do this is because since it's one attack, they can only block with one card and it essentially gives and you it... you just murder them. And it gives it trample. So even if they block it, oh. the player life takes damage. Okay. Um, and then car- some cards will have abilities and abilities can either uh, play... When they hit the field, play at a triggered time, or uh, they can be played uh, by paying an SP cost once they're on the field. Um, and they, you know, all do crazy things. Like, I think Chun-Li's is like, once she hits the field, everyone but her goes down to 100 battle points. Uh, huh. Like, it's 
in, in one way, it's really simplified, and like the sort of like dynamic back and forth of the game is like kind of simplistic to figure out. It's just like don't let like try to keep a balance. Like if you play a card, they play a card. If you if they attack, you know, defend it, and hopefully you can attack back without losing. Um, it's not super strategy heavy, but it's kind of cool, and that art looks really good. And some crazy guy like turned every card like made a like physical version of those cards that you can download and print out. Huh. And when I get to time, I want to at least put those into like um tabletop simulator. Is there is there like a deck building aspect to it? Yes, so it's kind of like a Pokemon RPG that you just sort of go around and have battles with people. Uh Pokemon or probably even closer to let's say Custom Robo or LBX or whatever you want to reference to. Uh, you and, beat a guy and you you get some cards from him. Yes, but certain characters like like plot relevant characters, and when you beat them, you'll get like cards from them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also weird because you pick a character at the beginning, and uh, the difference between characters is one prefers to collect cards uh, with Capcom characters, one prefers to collect cards of SNK characters. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So this so is... they're like they're like darkstalkers and shit in it. Yes. Um. But also, this is all the Neo Geo one. There was also one released for DS, which I actually went out and got a cart for, and that one went nuts because like most of the principle is the same, except they split up H- uh battle points into HP and attack. Uh, so you can die without losing fighting capability. Um, and instead of just generic SP, they generate force icons, which is your... So, so it's like different flavors. Yes, it's, you know, five colors plus white. But then there's an interesting trick, like, if a card needs mixed colors, you can use a colored gem to pay white costs. Uh, so it's like, you know... Yeah, it's colorless mana. Yeah. Yeah, I play magic. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you also have colorless mana that just generates every turn. Um, weird. But then it's also weird because, like, once somebody's on the field, like, you can just have them sit on the field and just generate extra mana each turn, and that's, like, what they do instead of attacking. They Like, like in Phantom Brave. They generate mana whether you play them to the field or discard them. So you can just discard half of your hand oh. to generate the mana to play one card on your first turn. Um, and there's like you have ten dues at a time, and it just gets a little insane. Like it's still like a, a decent system, but it's like it's more complex and it loses some of the speed that's enjoyable about the the previous version. Mm. Uh, why don't we take a break? And then you said you had a gripe. Yeah, I got stuff. Okay. Okay. It's flu season, y'all. Let's talk about gloves. Let's talk about washing your hands. All right, when do you wash your hands? Anytime you change your gloves. All right? Right. When do you change your gloves, Nick? Uh, I change my gloves uh, every time I have to uh, dip my hand into pizza sauce. (laughs) Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. When do you have to dip your hands into the pizza sauce? To fish out my watch. You got me. Listen, Nick. 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 I'm going to overlook that for now. Wash your hands, though. All you. Wash your hands. 
listen, physical health is as important as mental health. So yeah, like, don't touch your butt too much, I guess. Well, <laughs> that's been this week's safety moment. <laughs> Nick's fired. Oh. So, uh, I'm going to break with tradition a little bit. And go ahead and just leave this intro halfway through the show. Hello, hello, and welcome. I'm Nick. I'm Ryan. And welcome to Late Night Gaiden, your home for incessant beeping. <laughs> Breaking news, this just in. <laughs> Tennistopia is no more. Oh, wait, shit, seriously? Yes. Did they build something there, or did they, like, tear that shit to the ground? The abandoned... uh. Uh, what was it? It was a warehouse factory construction site has finally been completed and built into some sort of warehouse factory. Shit. Right? Well, where, where are we hypothetically gonna play paintball? Um. Yo, we got some land down by the river. It's actually kind of cool. It's a lot of trees and it's a really big hill and you know you've gone too far if you sink into the swamp. Alright, yeah, that sounds legit. Yeah, no, I, I think we should totally do that. I do still have a marker. Um, I need to get it tuned, though. Last time I used it, it was it was under velocity. I mean, I got, I, like, some Prisma color. Is that... Am I good? Probably, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I also have a sort of a grievance. Okay. And I, I just... On. I just feel really satisfied with this because the way that it starts is there's going to be an article up on the site later, but let me give Whoa. you my impressions now. Whoa. It's just like short aside, like I've been digging through like old blogs that I had made and one, mm. there were a ton of them. Two, we made some damn good dumplings that one time. Yeah, that was all right. So I, I did this thing on my blog where I said, hey, I need to like write more articles about stuff. Somebody suggest a game, and I'll write about it. And somebody had the audacity to come up and be like, any game? How about Mech Platoon for the GBA? And I just started cursing. Like, like not at him, but just, like, in a metaphysical sense. Mech Platoon for the GBA. I feel like I know that game vaguely. All right, I'm going to lay it out to you like this. It is an RTS... Uh, that you control with a cursor, with a D-pad. Okay. And we're done with the review. Is it like, is it like discreetly grid-based or? Nope. Huh. You got like command groups and shit. Wow. Okay. Actually, I'm looking. I'm looking at some information about the game right now, and I see here that there are three different types of resources found in the game, which are <clears throat> energy sand, yep. material rock, and laser crystals. That's so three. my opinion of the game is bubbling right now. My opinion of the game is on the <laughs> up and up. Well, so like, it's really weird because like. When you play it and you look at what they did, they stripped it down so that it kind of makes sense on a D-pad. Because it's like, like you don't have different sorts of commands. You just click on a unit, and then you just click on a thing for them to deal with. And if they have like a thing for dealing with it, they'll do that. Otherwise, they just sort of go to it. If you tell a worker to harvest a thing, to if you tell a worker to go 
to a harvestable thing, it'll harvest a thing. Right. If, if you, you tell, tell a soldier like a... to go to an enemy, it'll engage that enemy. Exactly. Um, if you tell a soldier to harvestable material, it'll shrug at you. It'll just sort of wander over there and get <laughs> in the way of the constructor robot who is already going back and forth from it because the AI pathing is terrible. <laughs> will um, it Will it just stand there while like the constructor robots are bumping into it and yes. like just shrug? Just shrug. And that's the thing. Like, If there's like two dudes just sitting there and they're like completely unsurrounded, one unit will just bounce off of one and bounce off the other and just get stuck there. <laughs> it's just like, they're so dumb. Um, who made this game? Some people, I don't... I don't want to know who made it because I don't want to think poorly of them. Mm. So much so, I hate this game. Uh, oh. Well, I won't tell you that they made a game for the Super NES called Top Gear. Uh, Top Racer in Japan, but Top Gear internationally, which is entirely unrelated to the television program. Yep. I, I feel like I've played that one, actually. That one seemed all right for, like, SNES of the era. It's kind of like Road Rash, but a car. So, was Road Rash the one where you... You hit motorcycles with baseball bats and chains. Do you, do you hang on the back of a car? Nope. Like, while you're on a skateboard? Nope. You're That's thinking kitchen. of... I mean, that is sketching, like, the act of it? Yeah, I'm thinking of Skitchin, which is a Genesis game. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, But yeah, I just... Like, as far as being, like, an RTS brought to a handheld system, they kind of did all right. Like, the nature of the system, I think, made them limit it so much that, like, it's kind of just boring and, like also ran but it's it's the disappointment that gets it a place in my in my heart space in that dark place in my hearts that kingdom hearts is all about yeah consider it's 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 2015 we're we're living in like 3 months post undertale times which is the new time scale right um and and you're talking about uh, an RTS game for for the Game Boy Advanced. But so the, like the problem. What isn't... what I'm what I'm saying is is consider the intensity of this man's feelings that this is you know that this needs to be said at this time this but, late in the game. Let me just tell you what they do. They put mech on the front of their goddamn <laughs> box. <laughs> and you want to know how they use it? Barely at all. So here's yeah. what they do. So it's a little neat, because I've never seen an RTS make me, like, s send a constructor unit with a combat group. Um, But when, oh, you you... when you defeat an enemy unit, they leave behind a pile of scrap. And you send a constructor unit to sort of scavenge through that scrap, where they will get... A, I think it's a random drop of one of the items that the enemy unit was constructed with, because the uh, every such unit, as such as laser crystals. Well, no, such as like grenade arms or bipedal legs. Oh yeah, right. And like you're excited now. I just mm -hmm. told you the best part of that whole system. Because let me tell you what happens. Um, you're not actually constructing units out of parts. Basically, the way that it works is, like, there are secret blueprints 
behind the scenes. And when you find all of the parts for a blueprint, it just says, hey, this unit is now available. And you do like an air mech kind of thing where you just make a loadout of available units that you can oh. then build once you're in the map. Okay, um, so it's kind of like you start out with like infantry walker and artillery tank, but then it's like, oh, you gathered enough scrap to figure out like grenade infantry or some shit. Yeah. It, but like, the thing about Max Game is just like, Building something stupid. Like, again, in the article, I, I talk about, like, <laughs> Chrome Hounds is still my favorite mech game, just, like, for that customization. Like, you just want to build a Tower of Guns before the game Tower of Guns is a sparkle in his daddy's eye? <laughs> like, yo, you can build that one pink, tall Tower of Guns, and there you go. Um, Do you want to put some downward-facing bazookas down at, like, knee level, and then fire them off and pretend that they're jump jets and then immediately cripple yourself? Yes. Because I did that once. It was great. Like, why do you want to do anything else? Um, <laughs> but it's it's just about, like, mixing and matching the parts until you build... The construction of a mech uh, is interesting to me because it... Like, the way that a mech is constructed reflects the pilot both in their preferences... And, like, in, in their, their style, in their tactics, in just, like, what they like to do and what they're good at. Which it's, is like, it's a combination of function and aesthetic. Yeah. but And, and so that's the thing. Like, well, uh, what was that show that I didn't like? Uh, Pacific Rim. It was a movie. Like, the reason that I still didn't like Pacific Rim was because it was a giant robot movie that missed out on what giant robots are about which is that giant robots have human pilots they are the giant robot itself is just an extension of the human inside who is fighting and has emotions and conflicts and uh, relationships mm. and, and it's just like you know like imagine like the kind of like drama shit you feel in high school and how all of that would play out if you had lasers and missile packs and that's what a giant robot show is Mm. And like, but so like, if if you or if you like, to me, if you were saying something is a mech game, you have to be able to build a mech, or in some way, like the the fact that the like thing you control is a mech needs to reflect you as a player, um, reflect you as a pilot, reflect you as a person who has wants and needs and is the sum total of their experiences up to this point, you know. Um, this game just says, fuck that, you got a weird pyramid tank now. Hmm. And just, like, I don't know, when I brought the game home and just started playing it, and it was like that, like, it broke my heart. Because, like, the, the only thing that it does is it does that thing that I think is a little, like, interesting, and you would think, like, lends right into this idea of, like, unit customization and, and like, building, where, like, you know, uh, you drop parts and then you make stuff out of the parts. Except you don't make stuff out of the parts. Parts are used to make things and then you pick a few. Um, and then the other weird thing it does is like, in addition to like, a really stripped down tech tree research thing, you also have the ability to just like, mid-match upgrade part types. So you can just be like, I just want to research tank legs. And then when it's complete, everything that Every unit that has tank legs uh, gets a bonus, hmm. which is, again, like kind of a neat idea and playing on that idea of 
parts, but parts don't make a mech, which is a weird thing to say. But, like, it's true. Like, a mech is about, like, a thing made of parts that extends the person. And this game, like, whiffs on that in every way. Now, it it could be a larger conversation, but, like, that is definitely a concept of the giant robot. But I don't know if that's, like, necessarily every giant robot needs to be that. Like, think about the Zaku. Yeah. The Zaku is a fucking mass-produced piece of, like, working garbage. Like, yep. it does its job. It's not made of fucking lunar titanium, one-of-a-kind, you know, secret weapon. Like, no, this is a weapon of war, and we built it. And in that way, it doesn't reflect a single person. It represents, like, a culture and the state of the world at the time. And it's like, that's why I like the Zaku, you know? But I mean, like, but then you could... This is a big argument I would or a big discussion I would love to have. But just like, like you even just said it. Like it is a result of culture. Culture being, you know, the wills and and whims of a group of people and, mm. and such. So like, like there's still something there. And even then, like, like yeah, like anyone can get into Azaku and do it. But like, I don't know. Like when I think of like art from, uh, the um like 08 MS team or like even other ones like like if somebody is in a uh if someone is in one of those mass produced units like either a you got yourself a char and it's they painted it red and gave it like a spiked shield so like like though the pilots with the strongest wills and biggest personalities do reflect then on their robots and like 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 everyone is a person these people are heroes, just in a way that, like, Zaku's are mechs, but Char-Zaku is a hero's mech, you know? Um, mm. Even though, at its core, it is still a Zaku. It's still got that shape. It looks like it's a scuba diver. Um, or even then, I feel like there was some promo art for 08 MS team that it's like, you know, think of, like, you know, the 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 GMs that are, like, missing a whole arm and still fighting. Mm. So, at that point, like, you could look at it and be like, oh, like they're falling down, they're disassembled. Again, it's it's just like a person, their current existence is the sum of their past experiences. They are battle scarred. They 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 have been worn down in a way that no other suit has been worn down, just like the mm. pilot has been worn down and like no other pilot has. Yeah, I guess that is the thing, is like even if it is like like the it you could tell very similar stories with fucking tanks, but tanks don't look like enormous people. They right. don't have that humanizing aspect. Exactly, they're humanized. And like is this so it's this really weird thing in uh Super Robot Wars, a much better mech game for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> um where like you can swap pilots around between those mechs, but like if you do it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, like mechanically, you can make the math work out, and it can be fine, but, like, you just start moving them around, and you're just like, this has lost important meaning now, because it's just like, well, if they're interchangeable parts, like, are the pilots as interchangeable as their machines? And it's like, no. Not yeah, necessarily. I, I don't know why you would ever do that. <laughs> um, I guess other than, like, I don't know. Because I really like the way their mass-produced mech equivalent looks, too. Um, no, but I just mean, like, 
Plus, some dudes, you get them, and they come in, like, shitty fighter jets, and you're like, here, have this bad robot instead of that shitty fighter jet. But, I mean, who would want to be, like, oh, well, what it would be? What if, like, Amuro could pilot Grendizer? I'm into that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yo, what if I just wanted to be, like, uh, I just take Shinji out of every mech, and I give, <laughs> who, oh, who would be good in 01? Uh, let's see here. That's like a big mommy robot that wants to eat people. Who is the fat one from Get a Robo? He would probably, like, if he was a big robot, he would probably eat a person, too. <laughs> he would eat an entire power core. Like, that makes sense. That's how that one Get a Robo started. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, who is the guy that fucking detonated the 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 Getter reactor or whatever? Yeah. I don't know, because he exploded at that moment. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> But yeah, that's that's my whole thing about that. That's all I have to say <laughs> about the war, Vietnam. Jeez. Robots. Like I said, there'll be an article on the site. Um, yeah, I kind of look forward to that. Which I think that's just going to go up on... So I started a new blog that is, um, much like No Credit Continue is a sister podcast to this podcast... Whoa. I'm starting Secret Exit, the No Credit Continue blog, to be a companion to that. All um, right. Like, partly because I just need a place to collect all of the, like, game reviews that I did over time on, like, mm-hmm. six different sites. Also, so I have a place to write new stuff about that and, like, do short written reviews about the games that aren't big enough for a podcast. Mm. Um, so if you want to go to nocreditblog.wordpress.com, because, oh man, WordPress accounts. Uh, right now, there's not much up there, but like that's going to get cross-posted to there, too, when it's done. Along with these other things I'm starting to write about uh, secret exits in Mario and just the concept of the overworld map in Super Mario Bros. 3. Mm. Which, let me tell you this. I don't know if, if how familiar you are with that game. If you're playing two players... Uh, when you beat a level... Yeah, yeah, you... it remembers which player beat it. Yeah, but that's really... Like, if like even by today's standards, it was really novel. We were playing two players, one of us died, and only half of the levels got, got unbeat. Oh, right, I forgot it worked like that. Yeah! How weird. But, like, it's really neat, and because, like... It's just like, hey, if you're the one who had, it, it, and it's especially weird because like if there's one that you're having a lot of problem with and the other player tries it and beats it, if you continue to have a problem, that one won't be a problem in the future. It, like we played through most of that game in one night and just like in two players, like a lot comes out about that game. Mm. Also, I learned an interesting glitch about it, which I am putting into the series. I am starting to script just doing videos about Star Road. So if you have input on that, you should totally, we, we should talk about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so beyond that, like, I'm going to start working now and, like, on applying to bowling alleys and, like, liquor stores, and that's been my week, so. Mm. Jeez. Yeah, I remember, like, about this time last year, like doing a crawl up and down Main Street here, just handing out resumes and like, goddamn. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, 
We didn't get to any curiosities, but I'm seeing our recording at about an hour here. Would you like yep. to wrap? Yeah, I'll go with that. All um, right. My name is Nick, and I'm here to say I like podcasting in a holy way. Look out. It's God. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Ryan, and I'm a flu-hating rapper. Wash your hands. <laughs> when you come out of the crapper? Yes. Come on, it was right there. Yeah. Okay, oh. sorry. You dropped the bomb. I'll pick it up. That's a different song. This was a podcast, uh, Late Night Gaiden. If you would like to say anything to us, there's two ways you can let us know. You can send us a podcast at podcast at elitecustudios.net. That's an email address. Or you can find us on Twitter at Elitecu. I That makes my pocket dingle, so... Yay. Um, if you're listening to this, hey, you should go listen to our other podcasts. We have No Credit Continue, where we review freeware games that you can just download and play right away. I think the last one we talked about was uh, Regular Human Basketball. Yeah, I saw that you guys had done that one, and I need to listen to that. Oh, my God, that game is so good. that's a really good game. Like, we need you... to try to get, like, four people together to play that sometime. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Some like extreme two-on-two two street basketball. I'll tell you this. We were playing it one-on-one, and that Woof. was hilarious. Woof. Oh, my God. Like, Because you tell your arm to swing around so you can do a sweet dunk, but then if something goes wrong and you forget to turn the arm off, suddenly you're just like going the ball between your legs and back over the top of your head. But you might be upside down by this time, so who knows? Mm. It's the, the Metro City Ballers versus the City Town Shooters. These are two teams of humans. Regular See, humans. Uh, I got them. Um, I've, I've, there's a good gag about a headcanon for this game that is at the end of that podcast, so I won't spoil it for you, dear okay. listeners. Um, also listen to, uh, what's our third podcast? It's Orbiting the Ghost Planet, where we watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I make Joe watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Let me be clear. And then we talk about episodes, and I think the last one we did was a weird clip show. So we did a clip show, um, and I did not use the clip where we say funk and pussy, because on that episode, I would have had to to censor it. I don't got to do mm. it here. Chuck D. Schooly <laughs> D. Who am I thinking of? Chuck Nice. Chuck Nice. He's he's all right. It's all Star Talk. Uh iTunes. You can find all of those in iTunes. Yep. Just search for Aliku. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave a rating. Retweet. If Woo! you talk about if you talk about the show using the hashtag OSPC, there's a chance that uh, we might name a character after you in an upcoming episode. No, no. You see, that's going to be exclusive to the Patreon donors. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you for listening. That is going to be all from us until next time. And until then, take care of each other. Yeah, take it easy, y'all. 